0: We are so grateful that that is who you are. Even when we do not see it, even when we do not feel it, Lord, you are there. The scriptures tell us that you never leave us nor forsake us, Lord, so we can rest assured, as we have been the last couple of weeks when we're fearful, we're discouraged, maybe we're lonely. You are there, Lord. You are doing a mighty work, you just might not be ready yet to tell us what that work is lord but the blessings the blessings that you've already shown us and revealed to us lord are just huge we love you so much and i just pray lord that we can continue to trust trust who you are and that you don't stop working lord so as we continue i want to sing that last chorus again and I want us to, you raise your hands from wherever it is that you are. Put your hands up in the air and let's worship our Lord together by saying, He is, here we go, Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper, Light in the Darkness. My God, that is who you are. Oh, one last time, really sing it. Waymaker, a miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. We love you, Father, and we ask this in your name. Amen. So as we continue in worship, uh, Pastor Tom will come and bring the scriptures for us.
1: Good morning and welcome to Palm Sunday Worship here at St. John's Online. My name is Tom DeGroote. I'm the pastor here and I am just one of many, many volunteers and staff who have been working so hard to serve you and to serve our community in the midst of what we're going through together. And on their behalf and my own, I just want to say we miss you. We really miss you. We miss being able to be together, whether you've uh, been someone that worships with us physically every single week or, or maybe you've never even stepped foot in our church. Um, if you were new, you would get the opportunity after church to meet us right here in this space. This is our welcome area. Our volunteers have done a great job in the last year doing um, much of what this has been renovated to become. And if you were new, I'd probably take you back here and we'd have a cup of coffee, because I love coffee, and uh, get to know one another. And if you stick around long enough, you'd get to to do this thing we call pizza with the pastor. And uh, it's a chance for us to eat pizza, which is always good, but also get to know one another. Um, If you are new, we would like to not wait for that opportunity to get to know you. You could fill out the digital connect card. There's a link in the description. And if you fill that out, our parish coordinator, Tanya, will call you and thank you for worshiping with us, uh, share with you the ways we can connect you to our church family right now. And regardless of whether you're new or you're one of our members, if you have prayer requests, fill out the connect card for that. If you have physical needs, like maybe you need somebody to help buy groceries for you, we've got a whole team of people that want to help with those things. And if you fill out the connect card, we will connect you with those resources right now. So consider doing that. If you have kids, Stephen, and Cassie Quist, continue Our awesome St. John's Kids at Home Children's Ministry. The link is in the description. And if you're anything like my family, we just roll right into that after we're done worshiping together in our pajamas on Sunday mornings in the living room. Last but not least, I want to call your attention to what Christians all around the world are are walking through this week. It's it's a week called Holy Week, it's the days that lead us to Easter, the day when Jesus conquered death and the grave and invites us into new life with Him. While this is going to look different for us this week, we've got a lot of opportunities to worship and grow together. Uh, One of them is we're going to be doing a seven-day devotional together starting tomorrow on the Bible app through the Gospel of Mark. There's videos that go with that. It's really good. Our Good Friday worship service is going to be over Zoom at 6 o'clock on Good Friday. Our kids have special kids programs. Programming on Easter Sunday called Easter Jam. So looking forward to that. And then, of course, our Easter services are going to be right here, St. John's Online, 8 a.m. Easter morning or any time after, and you can join us for that. We also want you to be a part of those services, and I'm going to tell you how you can actually have your face and your voice as part of our Easter services. It's very simple. As soon as you're done worshiping today, I want you to take your phone and I want you to record Three words with anyone who's around you. They go, they go, (laughs) these are the three words, okay? He is risen but you're not going to look at the camera that way you're going to look at your screen he is risen if you send that to us and you can upload it to the link that's in the description we will include you as part of our Easter worship service this year but you got to send it to us by this Wednesday so send it to us we want to see your faces and we want others to see our faces as we gather together and worship this way but for right now as we've gathered what we've gathered to do is to study God's Word. And so I'd like to invite you to open up your Bible and join me in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 11. Uh, We're going to begin at verse 1. And as God prepares our hearts to hear His Word, let's watch a short clip that gives us the context of what it looked like when Jesus and His disciples entered Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. Let's watch.
2: In a small corner of the city, a parade began. No internet, no announcements, No tweets. Word of mouth carried the news. And the parade had no floats, no balloons, no bands. Just the voices of the people, singing one word. Hosanna. The word has no actual meaning. It'd be like trying to define the word hooray. But still, they knew what it meant. Hosanna. Hosanna. The king has arrived. Jesus had been working quietly behind the scenes, urging people to not tell of what they saw. But how can you keep a secret like that? They were ready for him. They had been praying for his arrival for generations. The Messiah had come. Hosanna! They waved branches. They threw their coats on the road. It was all they could do. They gave him a breeze and they sang him a song. Hosanna. It was all they had. They would die for him. But what they didn't understand is that it was going to happen the other way around. The Pharisees were watching, waiting, planning. He was too popular. The crowds would follow him anywhere. But even if you silence the crowd, you can't silence creation. Even if you silence the crowd, the rocks would sing, the trees would take up chorus, and the earth itself would sing. Hosanna. Hosanna. The king has arrived.
1: Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I just thank you. Thank you for your word. I thank you for Palm Sunday. I thank you for the way in which your word gives us language for our lips that we too can cry out to you, save us. We can cry out to you as our king, but it also reveals to us the places in our lives that you haven't yet been made king, the places that we're reaching out for help and hope and salvation that are other than you. And so, I pray, God, that you would reveal that in our hearts, reveal that in my heart. God, I pray that my words wouldn't be my own, but that they would just simply further illuminate your truth and your word, that we might all be drawn together closer to you. It is in Jesus' name that all God's people said, amen. Amen. Well, maybe it's because we've been stuck at home the last couple of weeks. These illustrations come to my mind, but I'm thinking about kids, and I'm I'm thinking about how kids always seem to make their concerns known, whether it's at the right time or not. Whatever's on their mind comes out. And uh, what I mean, or at least the example that's in my head from this week, is is my two-year-old Sophie. This, this week, she was deeply concerned because this particular toy was broken. And so every day that I would come up from my home office in the basement, she would run up to me and she would shake it and she would put it in my face and she would say, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. Daddy, it's broken. And finally on Saturday I had time. And so I grabbed her up and we took the toy. We went down to my office in the basement. We pulled out the screwdriver in my drawer. We took off the bottom and we replaced the batteries. And now that it's fixed, for the last day and a half, I have heard nonstop nothing but this sound. Listen. So I'm not really sure if we fixed the problem or maybe we created another one, but I have certainly been her biggest, or she's been my biggest fan, at least for the last day, because we were able to fix that. And I fixed it because she wouldn't let up in telling me what was the problem. And as I think about that, I think about how kids are so much different than adults, right? Like we all have needs that need to be met. We all have things in our lives that are broken, but we're not usually quite as forthcoming as a two-year-old, whether it's with each other or it's with God. And and I think this came to mind because back on Friday, I I was reflecting on a devotional that my, my devotional led me to. It was Psalm 116. Now, Psalm 116 is one of the praise songs. It would have been one of the songs on the lips of the crowds that were gathered on that Palm Sunday. And it's written by an ancient king of their own people as he's praising God on the other side of challenges and the other side of suffering. He's celebrating his victory like Sophie has been celebrating new batteries in her toy. And the first verses go like this, Psalm 116. I love the Lord for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy because he turned his ear to me. I will call on him as long as I live. Like Sophie, when I replaced those batteries, because I fixed what was broken. Like I said, I was her best friend, at least for a little while. But let me be honest, when I read those verses in Psalm 116, they weren't quite as encouraging to me as I thought they should be. I even felt a little angry as I was brought to them because I thought, you know what, God, that's just not where I'm at today. In that moment, I wasn't feeling particularly joyful. And I know that that's not where a lot of us are at today. It's not how we're feeling in this moment. We're in the middle of a pandemic that none of us have ever experienced or lived through. And we're asking for God to give us mercy that in this particular psalm, he's already delivered them. And so I was actually a little bit bitter as I was reading through the rest of the verses about how God is gracious and righteous and compassionate and how he had protected them. And I know all that stuff's true, but... There's other places in the Bible that give you different words that might have fit my heart a little bit more clearly in that moment. And then about halfway through, I got to the verse that showed me why God had me read that to begin with. It was verse 10, tiny little passage, and I want to read it to you. He said, I trusted in the Lord when I said, I am greatly afflicted. I trusted in the Lord when I said, I am greatly afflicted. Afflicted. Now, here's why this is the moment God brought me into the passage for. Verse 10 shows us specifically what the psalmist was praying when he cried out for mercy. And don't you want to know what to pray in moments like the moments we're living in right now? He quotes us. He tells us what he prayed in the moment of his own fear and uncertainty. He said four words, I am greatly afflicted. I am greatly afflicted. And, and then looking back after the situation, he realizes that it was in the moment that he prayed those words that was the moment that he finally trusted God. That was his prayer. His prayer to trust God was not saying to God, I trust you. It was not saying to God that all this is going to work out for good in the end. And those are good things to say, and they're true, and we sing them, and the Spirit of God ministers to our hearts in those true statements. But for this man, in his moment, in the midst of the fear, in the midst of the unknown, in the midst of a need for a cry to God for mercy, his prayer was, I am hurting right now. I am afflicted right now. I am troubled right now. And and I think about that. I think about Sophie, right? Like, she's two, and she knows this better than I often do. She didn't come up to me and say, Father... I know that you are the holder of the screwdrivers. And I know that you have in your possession all of the power of the AA batteries to power every toy in the vast toy box that is my own. Sophie didn't come to me and say that. She came up to me over and over again and she said, Daddy, it's broken. Daddy, it's broken. And she kept telling me over and over again until I finally fixed it. And what the psalmist says in Psalm 116 is that that's what trust looks like when we pray to God our needs as well. It's going to God over and over again and and letting him see our affliction bringing to him our weaknesses and our shortcomings. And the reason that I think God put that in my heart and in my mind and in my devotional in that particular morning is because that's like the one thing that's missing in the things that they're saying on Palm Sunday. Here's what I mean. Today is not the day, Palm Sunday, is not the day when the Jewish people would pray, I am greatly afflicted. Instead, that they would, they would sing out Hosanna. They had songs of joy and praise. And, and I just want to read it to you, and I want you to, sh- to show you that you won't see them saying, I am greatly afflicted. Verse 1 of, of Mark chapter 11. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden untie it and bring it here. And if anybody asks you, what are you doing with this? Say, the Lord needs it, and we'll send it back here shortly. And that's exactly what will happen in the next couple verses. You'll see, they find the colt, somebody asks the question, and they bring it to Jesus. Now, if you've been with us the last couple weeks, or you've been with us since the very beginning of this series, back in February, you might remember that Jesus has taken a recent decisive turn and now he's leading the disciples and he's leading the others following him into Jerusalem. And this is a dangerous place because we know that in just a few days from now, Jesus is going to be killed. And the disciples should have known that too, because Mark records three times that Jesus told them this was what was going to happen. But, but John's gospel tells us the disciples don't actually understand it. They don't actually comprehend it until all of it is over. And that's human nature. I've said that over and over again about what we're going through right now. We can't even begin to understand everything that's happening, how God is working in the midst of it. We know that he is. We can see glimpses of it, but we're not going to see it in full until we get to the other side. When we get to the other side, we're going to write our own psalm. We're going to write a psalm of praise, and we're going to praise God for the ways that he delivered us, and he will, but we're not there yet. And so in this moment, maybe the, the most trusting thing we can do is simply to come before God and pray those four words I am greatly afflicted. And I want you to see that that is a prayer that's missing on Palm Sunday. These crowds are celebrating. They're not crying out to God in their affliction. Look at at what happens when when Jesus comes into town on that donkey. Verse eight, it says, many people spread their cloaks on the road. Others spread their branches that they had cut in the fields. Now, they grabbed those branches, those palm branches, and they brought them into the the, the town, into Jerusalem as, as a political statement to lift him up as a king. And you'll see that. Those who went ahead, verse nine, And those who followed shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father, David. David was an earthly king. Hosanna in the highest heaven. They want Jesus to save them. They want Jesus to become their king. And the truth is, he will save them. He will become their king. But the people he came to save are the people who are greatly afflicted. And these people want to skip that part. These people want to skip that part. They want to go straight to to the victory lap. They didn't come to yell in the streets, I'm greatly afflicted. It just doesn't have the same ring to it as Hosanna, does it, whether it's in Hebrew or English. And when I think about that, I think, man, that's the same reason that we don't tell God and even other people in our lives when we're struggling. We want to skip to the victory lap too, don't we? You think about the, the people in your life right now. If you're stuck at home with somebody, by this moment you're probably starting to, to, to see tensions are running high. You're, you're having conflict with people that you otherwise love. And I want you to think about the last time you had an argument with your spouse or maybe with your kids or somebody you live with, when you responded to them, did you tell them what they were doing wrong did you tell them what they're supposed to be doing right? I mean, that's, that's what I do. You can ask my wife, Alyssa, she'll tell you. That's often what I do. But what if instead of that, next time you're in conflict with somebody you love, what if you show them your affliction? What if you show them what it is that you're struggling with? Maybe the way you're acting is because you're worried or you're scared or or you're anxious or whatever it is. And what if you just put that out there, that need, instead of putting out there what the other person is supposed to do? See, when we do that, it invites the other person to share grace. It's natural because God has wired us to treat each other that way it's why 2-year-olds know to bring their needs before the people who are the adults that are the caring connected people who take care of them because they know that that's going to bond them with that person. It's why Jesus said that when it comes to faith the way we really are to approach God is is to be more like a child. And so that's what I like about Palm Sunday. It's it's kind of an invitation all of Holy Week really is an invitation for us to do just that because the truth is, if you really start to unravel everything that's wrong with the world, everything, and even everything that's wrong with your own heart and your own life, it's, it's not hard for us all to, to find reasons to pray, I am greatly afflicted. And so if you're greatly afflicted right now and you know in the moment you're living in that that's you, then trust that God wants you to tell him because you're the kind of person that he came to save And if you're not feeling greatly afflicted, then Jesus calls us to become greatly afflicted for those who are. Give yourself to help people who need help. Help your neighbor, be a friend, do something because that's what Jesus came to do for you and for me. On Palm Sunday, the people were too proud to bring their afflictions to him. And so by Good Friday, what Jesus ended up doing on the cross is taking on their afflictions unto himself. And he knew he was gonna have to do that. It's so what the prophets prophesied he would do. Isaiah 53:5. he was pierced for our transgressions. Jesus was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. See, if you're new to the faith or you're even just struggling and grasping how you can put your faith and trust in God in a time like this, I want you to know that we don't just simply put our faith and trust in God because he's capable of redeeming all suffering, and he is capable of that. But we put our faith and trust in God because we know that through Jesus, he enters our afflictions with us. He enters into our moments of suffering with us. Jesus is the one who is going to become the greatest affliction on the cross by taking on the greatest affliction there is. And it's a three-letter word. It's called sin. Don't let me lose you here because Because we all have different definitions of what sin is. So let me define it for you. It's very simply defined as turning ourselves away from God. It is the root cause of all pain and all suffering that ever has been and ever will be. From pandemics to broken marriages from broken economies to losing our own jobs, from being taken advantage of by other people. All of it can be traced back to when we turn ourselves away from God, when we seek his victory without him taking on our own affliction. And the truth about Palm Sunday is is that God loves you and me too much to, to leave us with a false or temporary hope. It's why he came in on a donkey and then a king, he could have taken the donkey, he could have done it on a white stallion, but instead he took this donkey and he sent it back because he isn't a king that takes advantage of the people under him. He is one that comes to save them. He chose on Palm Sunday not to give the people what they wanted because if he gave them what they wanted on Palm Sunday, they never would have gotten what they needed on Easter Sunday. And so this week, Jesus is going to walk the steps that no one else would walk to go to the cross for us. And he dies on that cross. He dies on that cross so that forevermore, you and I can come to him with the confidence to say to our God, I am broken, not just because we know that he can fix us, but because we know that he has taken those broken things on himself. He has taken dead things and brought them to life because he can tell us, I was broken too. I was broken for you. See, that's the message in the the meal that we share together each and every weekend that we come together, Holy Communion. I don't know about you, but I found this to be a very special time for us. As we're gathered in, in the scattered places, we still get to partake in the presence of God in this meal. And, and I want to invite you to join me with that right now. I've got my elements here. If if you don't have bread or a cracker, go to the kitchen, grab something. Anything will do. Uh, grab some wine or, or, or some grape juice or, or some water. Jesus turned water into wine. That'll work too. We remember that that on the Passover... When the Jews were singing Hosanna, a couple of days after that on Palm Sunday, they would all be up in some upper rooms, right? Like Jesus was with the disciples. And they would be remembering a specific moment in their history. The moment in Egypt when their forefathers suffered a plague, the plague of death. And if you don't know the story, it's in the second book in the Bible. It's the book of Exodus. And God's people would be told by God to be quarantined in their homes so we can relate to that on a very different level now. While this horrible thing was happening outside their four walls, they were wondering what was about to happen, but God said that they could be protected, and the way that they would be protected is by taking the blood of a sacrificial lamb and painting it on the doorposts of their homes. Well, what we learn on Palm Sunday and holy week what we learn on Monday, thursday this week which would have been the night that jesus and the disciples would have celebrated the passover is that that sacrificial lamb that would have been killed for that blood for those those jews in egypt all those years ago that was a symbol of what was to come it was a foretaste of what would really come when jesus would become the sacrificial lamb for everyone And it's why when they would take bread and they would take wine and remember what it meant in Exodus, Jesus gives it new meaning with the disciples. And he gives it new meaning with you and me every day that we share it together. Jesus took bread with the disciples and and he broke it with them. And he said, take and eat. This is my body broken for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you eat this, remember me. After the supper, he took the cup of blessing and he, he gave thanks and he gave for, for all to drink and said, take and drink this cup. It's the new covenants in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink this, remember me. Now, if you believe that Jesus is Is your Lord, your Savior, if you want to experience his presence and the community of of the Holy Spirit and the fellow believers, no no matter what you are, what your church background is, where you've been, what you've done wrong, what your definition of sin is, and how you've committed those sins, if you are willing to come before God right now and to say, I am afflicted. God invites you to join in his presence and to join in his victory and to join in his glory as we join in his bread, his body, and his blood. And the way that we prepare our hearts for that right now is by opening up our hands as a sign of surrender and praying the way that Jesus has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done Thank you, friends. Thank you for joining us again in worship here at St. John's. We love you. I love you. God loves you. Don't forget to join us next week and take your video by saying he is risen. Send it to us. And then, of course, worship with us on Easter weekend and everything that we're doing to draw together to God on this holy week. May he bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor, give you his peace. In the name of our God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Stay in touch. Call or message us if there's anything we can do. Have a blessed week.